and welcome back to the Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-acumen roundtable pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-hosts, Hannah and Katya and Monica. How's it going, guys? Yo. It's good. I'm currently practicing the Thanksgiving tradition of being hungover. <laughs> it is a very important holiday tradition. Yeah. And then you overeat later. Like, that's how Thanksgiving started, right? It has nothing to do yeah. with killing a bunch of Indians. It's cultural <laughs> practice of eating too much in order to cure your hangover, right? Because we're only talking about happy that. things this episode. That's true. Are we, though? Are we? I don't, I don't know. It's up to you. I mean, you, do you want to bring the... So this is our Thanksgiving episode for the listener. We were just we decided we would just we would have a pleasant discussion topic where everybody would just talk about the joy of Thanksgiving and togetherness and wonderfulness. And now, Hannah, what were you going to say? Oh, well... <laughs> Also, this is deeply awkward because I have made it a point not to celebrate Thanksgiving since I started going to graduate school. Mm -hmm. It's my least favorite. Well, it was my least favorite holiday. And then I discovered that I could just do Christmas twice, but call the first one Dickens Giving. Yeah, we did Dickens Giving, which was much more fun in many respects. And and less of the like creepy part of Thanksgiving. Can I ask what Dickens Giving is? For the un- the origins of Dickens well, giving immediately. <laughs> the origins of Dickens giving was one day Hannah and Josh were in the grocery store and Hannah saw goose on sale for forty dollars and she said, "Hey, you know, like there's like roasted goose is like the staple of like the Cratchit family's like Christmas dinner and like a Christmas carol. What if we like tried to make goose? Like, what if we did this?" And Josh said, "Okay," very skeptically, and we put the goose in our cart and we brought home and we thought this is a big bird for two people maybe we should like invite some friends over but like I'm sorry how large was this goose i don't know like double digit pounds you know i just appreciate i just enjoy the part of this story where like you bought a very large goose and it then wasn't... didn't think till you got home that like this might be more than two of us could eat i mean you know leftovers are a thing i mean it wasn't True. like a 20 pound it was not like a 20 pound turkey it was like much smaller than the 20 pound turkey but still i was like but what if we invited friends what if we like had friends over and like we made like yorkshire pudding and like things we actually liked instead of like things we don't like because i don't like turkey or traditional thanksgiving food um it's like the one thing i really understood about chandler from friends although different reasons and uh, we invited friends over and they all brought stuff and we had a really good time and we were like wait is this what it's like to like not have to travel and like the biggest stress is you semi-set your oven on fire for 10 seconds because you don't know how to make Yorkshire pudding, but like it's a funny story later and you don't do any much damage. All right, let's do it again. And so for like most of the years of grad school, we had people over for Dickens Giving and my friends are either very nice or very weird in that they just accepted this new holiday and we'd eat goose together. The last time we did it, so many people came. We had to like sit on the stairs, like leading up to the second floor of my like, because like there were so many people like can confirm yeah so it was a good time great um yeah so that's the origins of dickens giving so it's basically like hannah hates thanksgiving so she made up a second christmas holiday on the day off that no one traveled on because we were all broke grad students i have a question like, like you've talked about hating thanksgiving before and i was gonna ask that but i'll hold off on that you're not the only person that like i've seen who is like oh i hate turkey and then and like i've seen this more and more common lately to where i've just i've decided that this is the true generational divide like this seems to be a millennial thing and i'm a little too old to be a millennial i'm just barely i'm a young gen xer and you guys are old millennials and millennials seem to hate turkey what's your problem with turkey i love turkey it's <laughs> like, okay it's like if it's like and if you, okay, if you're going to have, cause, okay, Thanksgiving is not a cheap meal. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, no, I get have, that. I get that. You're going I to totally spend money on an expensive meal mm-hmm. is turkey. Like, j- forget the holiday part. You're going to spend money on what is an expensive meal. Is turkey your go-to? One of them, yes. I love turkey. Really? No. Yeah. I have never heard that from anyone else. Also, I will say this. My parents, who are decidedly boomers, also hate turkey. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have not I, had turkey as a family since I was a child. And it's not, I mean, like, w- will I eat? sushi before i'll eat turkey yes if that's what you, if, is that well, what you're asking I mean, but yeah, like i'll eat like turkey a, before chicken or goose yeah, i like turkey a lot sure, yeah sure like I, yeah i, I guess i can't get past the turkey the top is, of anyone's list i guess what I'm saying. the snake of the air you guys goose is yeah, the i like turkey better air. i like turkey better and, but again it's not i mean is it a i'm not gonna pretend that turkey is like my number one 
food. But yeah, it's up there. I really look forward to it. So I will say I also on our, have, bar- on our one episode, I, I'll happily barbecue a turkey. I'll, I'll I was about, to, I was about to say yeah. though, you put much more thought into the cooking of the turkey than I feel like the average American. Maybe. But I mean, I'm not cooking today. My like my I'm going over my mother-in-law's house, so it's not my turkey. But like, but yeah, but I, way I mean, that you're going to barbecue a turkey. You don't really like turkey. Wake is barbecue. Those are well, it's not barbecuing. It's uh, it's a smoked turkey. I call it. A, I have. Uh, oh, you weren't on the van episode where we discussed the fact that I have four different barbecue grills on my back porch for. So this is the I have a special grill that I use. Yeah, just I don't for think this is turkey. a generational divide. I think this is Mav does <laughs> things getting weird. Yeah. Like, I mean, not in a bad way. Not complaining. Sounds delightful. I'm just saying, I don't know that we should be taking your Thanksgiving experience and extrapolating out to the average American. Everybody's anything. got their special turkey grill. That's not a this is that's like a thing that everybody Mav, does. I hate to bring it to you. I can't speak for all families, but at least the white American suburban families in the United States, I can comfortably say that the vast majority of them do not have that. Now, no, when you nobody, get into it's, it's a totally countrified family that I have, absolutely would buy that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is probably some like specialized turkey cooking thing, especially it's like if you have a really big extended family. Like this is one of those things where like my I, my family, I don't think has ever traveled for Thanksgiving. Like my because like, our extended family lives in like other states. And if we're going to travel for the holidays, which we generally don't, to be perfectly honest, we're probably going to go for Christmas. But my family just doesn't travel for the holidays. I don't know. This is not a thing that my family has ever really done. Like I came from for holidays from college, but the entire thing where people like drive for two days for Thanksgiving, like this has never occurred to me or my family in my entire life. Why was I going to talk about this? Nope. Completely forgot. Oh, no. Large families. Like I think part of the reason for that is because my extended family, when you like in, in the locations where they live, are massive. Like the last time we had a family reunion on one side of my family, we had to rent out a skating rink because legally most places were not large enough to handle the capacity of humans we were bringing with us. And no one wanted to host that in their house because they were like, no. And so cooking is stressful under those conditions. Like, I don't, do you want to make food for like 75 or more people? That sounds unpleasant. I it was panicking whenever we had like 15. That was right. a lot. I was, the thing is like, if you get my entire extended family together, you're somewhere looking at like basically a small wedding. Mm-hmm. No, I, I get that. Yeah, that is too much. I, I've been to Thanksgiving celebrations that big, but if I'm in charge, if I'm the one running it, I think 10, you know, 10-ish people is, is a pretty good haul. I think, my yeah. Chicago family ones are like the ones I went to when I was in living in Chicago. Those were more reasonable. That was like 20 to 30 people top. And most of that was like also adults. I feel like it's also different when you have lots of children mm-hmm. running around. Honestly, adult Thanksgiving. So my brother and I are like in our 30s and my parents are just like, well, we're going to make some fancy food and drink nice booze. I prefer this version of the holidays to the other kind. Like in the same way that Christmas is less fun without small children around who are just like losing their minds constantly. <laughs> most of the other food based holidays are more fun when you just buy very nice wine. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I still have a good time at Christmas, but. Oh, I, I do too. I'm just saying like there is I do occasionally borrow my friends, small children and like take them to go look at Christmas lights because they just like you just give them candy and ha- put them in front of Christmas lights. And they're just like, the world is my oyster and this is the best thing on the planet in a way that like i mean if you get adults really drunk they will also do that but it's kind of a different it's a different it's a different situation and it's very endearing mm. really i just want everyone to be like happy and slightly unhinged at the holidays i think is marvelous story <laughs> i mean i put off us recording this so i could watch santa and scream josh look at santa oh my god josh <laughs> santa. yeah i guess we should let the people know that we are literally recording this thanksgiving morning like we, so we are so the, uh, yeah the macy's thanksgiving parade just just finished as we we're starting the episode on the east coast just, also, just we're doing- well no it's on the i mean it finished on the west coast too if they felt well, like getting up that well, early according to yeah. nbc no, it's no nine o'clock does. across all time zones yes yes so they, like re- yeah they yeah. re-air it in its entirety but yeah because i because sure. when i was a kid i used to watch it twice I would watch oh. west coast speed well i mean i would watch it in the morning when i was little and then it would be on the rerun as we did other things right like i it, could probably like, watch i could probably count the amount of times that i've watched that in I my life on one hand actually I do the May Parade, which is cold because it's New York in November. Yeah. It's crowded. And their cousin is out to close all the floats. Stand for a long time. It's kind of fun to watch it on TV like with your baked goods, with your family, with your, again, not being cold. Am I glad? Because it's an experience that it's an experience once. 
and never do again because it's one of those things that you build up in your head. I learned though that, so I have a friend who grew up and she and her family would be in the parade every year. Oh, wow. I know people um, who've been in the parade. Yeah. I've never been in it, but I've known people who have. Apparently it is a very big deal to like try and get to be on the Santa float. You forget mm-hmm. the reality of then you have to wait for all of the other floats. And so you right. sit like in your costume as a child for hours and hours. Probably freezing. Yes, freezing. Oh, Lord. Which <laughs> is another one where you're like, this was better on TV. This was better seeing Santa at the mall, even though we all know that he's not the real one. And the Macy's Thanksgiving is the real one. But- Wait a minute. Have I, am I the only person who's ever been in a parade? Have you guys never been in parades? Parades are about freezing your ass off in your costume oh, while you wait. No, to be- I've been oh. in parades. I've, okay. been in, I've been parades in the summertime. I've been, but like, I've been in parades, but like, I grew up on the beach, even on the coldest day. Oh. It's not that cold. It, it, it's cold for us. <laughs> parades are just cold. Parades are cold when they're in the spring. <laughs> you just stand so, around. And- I'm curious. We've already established, either currently or historically, we do Thanksgiving kind of differently. I'm just kind of curious. What is Thanksgiving looking like for you guys this year? Like, what do people do? For us, we're, go- I mean, I am baking zucchini bread right now. For That's my contribution to dinner. We'll probably take a salad or something as well. And then we will congregate over my mother-in-law's house we were going to go over and Steph's sister and her family will be there and her brother and his family will be there so it'll be I don't know which of the kids are so my sister-in-law has has young kids so they'll be there my brother-in-law his kids are all his youngest daughter is 16 so her the older kids are old enough that they might have you know significant others that they might go to I don't know what they're doing I mean I'm also of the opinion of team Hannah it's expensive and it's privilege to be able to celebrate Thanksgiving. So it's a lot to be able to travel to go family mm-hmm. when your family isn't in the same town. So mm-hmm. when we go to Vegas and we don't <laughs> well, I mean, growing up, I didn't go anywhere. I mean, I went to my grandmother's house, which was, you know, a 10 minute drive, you know, <laughs> so like, like that wasn't like we didn't travel for Thanksgiving. We went somewhere that we were likely to go anyway. So yeah, I, I, that's uh, what I mean. Yeah, is it, it's a lot to go get a plane and yeah. For, yeah. Mm-hmm. What is four days? I feel like anytime I get on a plane, it's because it's like for a period of time to make buying that amount of money on a ticket. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I never, especially when I was in college, like I actually, I think I maybe, actually, I don't think I ever came home for Thanksgiving. I'm thinking about Christmas. I don't think I ever came home for Thanksgiving for that reason, especially because like there's another large traveling holiday, like literally three, like, you know, three weeks later. Yeah, I just, to clarify, like, I, you know, grew up, like, my grandparents lived an hour and a half away, so, like, we drove, but that was, like, a long drive when you were a kid, and, like, I later, like, moved, you know, like, four and a half hours away for college, and then even further, like, I, you know, I I moved, like, 10, 11 hours away, we moved to Durham, and so, like, we've made, we, like, originally, like, made the drive for Thanksgiving, like, the first year, and I was dead for many reasons, but I was dead, and I also now just do not want to get on a plane because unless I really need to because COVID but I we actually were supposed to go see Josh's family three and a half hours away in Virginia this year but like because of complications we are actually staying in Durham so we're doing the most pared down meal we've done in ages except for last year when we just made fondue let's say fondue Thanksgiving sounds kind of great it was great but this year we're getting we're celebrating my childhood by making pecan pie because the one thing I liked about Thanksgiving and Christmas food, because it was like basically the same when I was growing up, was eating as much pecan pie as I could before feeling like I was would throw up and then like waiting and then eating more. And then <laughs> the... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was, I, you didn't want me at your table when I was a kid. We're celebrating Josh's childhood. We're getting Sister Schubert rolls. Um, he's actually not hand baking the bread and they're really good, actually. And then we're making, because we're not hosting a billion people, we're making cranberry orange glaze Cornish game hen with roasted Brussels sprouts. That sounds delightful. So it's going to, I think it's going to be a good day. And actually, like, none of the food requires like that much like time prep, unlike the goose, which takes like a million hours. So, so our, 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 yeah. I've never seen a goose in the grocery store before. 
like you keep saying this as if this is like a normal thing to just find I think in the it meat might aisle. Be a regional thing. It is it seasonal too, like at Harris. It's a seasonal, Theater. and I think it's a regional thing because, like, I definitely see them in the Northwest occasionally, but only around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Like, it does happen. But yes, I realize that I'm like casually like, yes, I can pick up the goose. Also, I'm, I'm talking about the fancy grocery store. Like, yes, I can pick up the goose, and yeah. actually, like, they carry things like rabbit, which, like, when I was a kid, I was like, well, do not like rabbit. I, I've never had rabbit. Cheap bunnies? Yes, I know, because they're bunnies. Um, again, do not shame other people who eat. Well, actually, I do shame other people who eat bunnies because bunnies are adorable. I've had it. And it, it's not uh, people. I know people who love it. It's not good. It is very gamey. It is very. I do not enjoy I like it. gamey things, but like bunnies mm. are cute. Like in the same way that like I know people who are vegan, but they're just like, I can't eat cows because look at look at how cute its nose is. Like yeah. I respect that. But I mean, yeah. bunnies are basically like bouncy cats. Um, yeah. Or bouncy rats. I think is the other thing. Like that, they're rodents. Like, do you actually want to eat one? Is my like they're adorable, and then also it's kind of weird. Like they're also bad tasting. About, they're bad uh, tasting. They do not taste good. I've had it. It's not good. I don't know why anybody enjoys it. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you for the because they hate good things and they just want all <laughs> joy to die in the world. That was always my assumption. Well, now I'm just thinking about Survivor and that season with Natalie and how she like kills a rat because she's very hungry and she's very proud of herself. I watched way too much Survivor at the beginning of the pandemic like mm. like so many seasons of survivor all in a row that's not what we're what doing today say, on the it's subject gonna... of hannah and pies some of the best pies i've ever eaten were at thanksgiving was it josh used to make the bourbon caramel chocolate, oh no whatever oh, no. Was, was that yours that's, that's the one thing i can make oh i'm not gonna lie i kind of require that recipe because i every time around the holidays i think about that pie you're gonna have to try and get it out of josh well you're gonna have to get the base recipe out of josh because it's his family recipe god damn it josh um, i'm sure he would share with you but I like, and I'm saying like, he will have to share it with you because I don't actually have it. I just know what amount of bourbon. I mean, that's the important part. In. And I also know not to turn the heat all the way up because then you'll scramble the eggs and the custard. And that's why I make the pie. Oh, no one else will care about this, but I made someone a cake a couple weeks ago. I made the cake and one of our friends from grad school said, Hannah, this is the best cake like Josh has ever done. And it was my cake. And I turned to Josh and I said, suck it like the mature person I am. Um, <laughs> it's, it's because the, the reason why this is a big deal is because Josh has won awards for his baking at the state. Fair. So I yeah, find- he is an excellent baker but also yeah. like like hannah throws down so <laughs> i mean i guess that proves him right though and i guess being right is better than winning because he keeps saying if i just concentrated and like bothered to care about cooking and baking i could be this is why i just i have like i am looking forward to being a little bit older and growing into my like boozy auntie phase which like we're already coming <laughs> into to be honest i just feel like it's 32 i can't fully step into the role of the boozy auntie but like at this point i just i bring cocktails which makes me like the like one of the favorite people this year i am making i am like making a salad situation as well because also my mom keeps a very fully stocked bar so like bringing alcohol is like less useful so is it just you and your folks and your brother this thanksgiving yeah it's just the immediate family that's how we do i actually don't know what we're cooking my dad was like we're gonna make something fancy i'm like oh okay (laughs) in years past like so i have no idea he was just like do a vegetable and i was like i can do a vegetable i'm actually kind of excited about it i've been eating this a lot it's like this baked like kale and cabbagey thing with agriculture is that how you say i don't know some kind of italian fancy thing and it's delicious and crunchy but no i'm doing that normally in years past we have done this thing which i forget the actual name of it it is in french but i call it the fancy hot pocket because it is a duck that has been deboned filled with a blend of i want to say veal pate and pork fat blended all together sewn up into the duck and then this is the pot pocket part you wrap it in tusk pastry in artistic manner in an artistic manner so it is basically i think of it as like this is the this is what all hot pockets dream of being when they grow up you can only have like one slice of it before you just want to like peel over let's be honest but it is delicious and also makes the most fabulous like leftovers like put that stuff on a sandwich and i'm just like hey i guess i'm realizing fancy hot pocket but a beef wellington is also a fancy hot pocket right oh yeah oh, yeah yeah entirely which is a very very, very like, classic day food especially for christmas yeah time. you know we shame hot pockets but really they are just like the awkward teenagers of some very fancy bougie food i haven't had hot pockets in a while but i actually do enjoy them which like, is a, a, a vegetable galette is a fancy hot pocket. A calzone is a fancy hot pocket. 
I have hot dog pies. Are basically like hand not. pies. Are just branded hand pies. Yes. And like hand pies have a long and storied tradition. Yes, especially for Thanksgiving. So we need to do a pie and hot pocket episode. It's a hot pocket a pie. Uh, yes. I mean, I, okay. So savory meat pies. Yeah, that's the point of clarification. Is a pot pie a pie? Yes. Like, yes. Uh, okay. yeah. Then yes, a hot pocket is a pie. So I just did in the inverse, in which you would argue that a pot pie is pie. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, yeah. is it a different what, thing? Well, you would know? you not like, consider a pot pie a pie? Well, I just I wouldn't call a pizza pie a pie, even though that the pie is in the word. But I just like if you consider any meat pie to be a pie, like if, if a pie has to be pastries, then no, hot pockets aren't. But like I, but like uh, I think a hot pocket is a pie is a meat pie in the same way that like a what do you call them? those like apple turnover pot pies that like mcdonald's serves those are if those count as pies then i think hot pockets count as pies right it's okay just, according it's to pies. pies right but according well, to what else would you call them uh, but, i mean processed mcdonald's pastry <laughs> sure a pie according to wikipedia is a baked dish which is usually made of pastry dough casing that contains a filling a very sweet or savory ingredient so like loads okay. of things for pies okay but i think that the, the definition is because the crust but who bakes the crust is the yeah, same whether it's a sweet pie or a savory pie because you don't add sugar mm-hmm. it's just flour and water regardless of what I you also put feel like it. i am entirely also using my experience of scottish hand pies to as my barometer of what is a pie or not mm-hmm. and like if i had to reject hot pockets as a pie like there's an entire like class of like savory hand pies that i feel like the scots might kill me if <laughs> i tell them is not a pie so i'm gonna go ahead and say hot pockets pie which to be fair the scots might also kill me for so if you were I mean, a husband <laughs> or woman or person and you have feelings about the classification of hot pockets as pies we would love to have you on for a future pie based episode <laughs> well apparently hot pockets are not listed in the savory types of pies list on wikipedia so someone go add that but calzones and chicago style pizza and sorry, they think style pizza oh. pie. Oh. Okay. Apparently, I, I get it. I'm still who offended ha- by that. Like, no, I think it's because someone it's who has deep-ish. complex feelings about, like, complex but fond feelings about deep about Chicago deep dish. I can, okay. Wh- I know we're getting very much off Thanksgiving here, but I feel oh, like okay. pizza is like what happened later in the weekend when nobody wants to eat leftovers anymore. So I'm counting it. Why? Who actually calls a pizza a pizza pie? I have never heard this. I the mean, regional thing i've never heard anyone say that in real life i have but no, we're it's considering rare. chicago deep dish as a pot like no it is okay barely can't call it pie. so here's the thing i actually this is relevant so when people because i live in chicago i have a lot of families in chicago i people ask me like often like think that they're gonna get into a fight with me over like oh my gosh obviously if kati has spent time in chicago she must love deep dish first of all and other people who live in chicago more than i have like please back me up on this but my this is what my family says too like chicagoans don't consider deep dish chicago pizza like if you ask a chicagoan like that we're gonna go get pizza they assume that you mean like sicilian thin crust because mm. that's what you get at most pizza shops unless it is specifically a deep dish place and deep dish relevant because this is how i explain what deep dish is to like the pizza ecosystem because i consider it part of the overall ecosystem of pizza but it is a special case of pizza because it is a different experience like you're gonna go get if you want your like new york slice or whatever the heck you're gonna get you're gonna go get a slice or two you're gonna like have a beer you're gonna get on with your day right deep dish is more quiche experience so by the way you are going to eat (laughs) chicago deep dish and you are doing it properly you are Mm -hmm. about to ingest more meat and cheese than your body is fully prepared for in much the same way that most of us will eat more food whatever we have later than our body is fully prepared for chicago deep dish experience requires like a recovery period <laughs> and just buy that alone in the thanksgiving of pizzas by the way to answer your question about who uses pizza pie apparently i pulled up the oxford english dictionary because why not yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. have you been have you have you listened to this podcast yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. no that was not a complaint <laughs> not a complaint just you know and for it, the listeners an advertising and it seems like this is a real phrase that like the first quotation they have is from 1935 from the Brooklyn Daily Eagle on the 21st of January quote pizza is much like pie Americans order it by asking for pie you can combine both techniques however by asking the waiter for 
quote, a pizza pie. And they have a couple of other quotations from the 40s, 70s, and 2018. So I guess it's a This originated because please. Americans didn't know what the heck they were ordering. I, it does not say that specifically, but you could infer that if you wanted to. <laughs> I'm, I am inferring it because I, like, do Italian, like, like, first of all, I was doing the referred to pizza as pie is a very American thing. Assume I've never heard anywhere else that said I don't go around randomly asking people about their pizza classification. So maybe I'm just ignorant in this pocket of things. Anyway, Thanksgiving pizza. Ta-da! And also me. <laughs> would be where I trick us all into talking about uh, the Gossip Girl episode, Blair Waldorf Must Pie. Name of the episode includes pie. The other thing that you have picked up on listening to this podcast regularly is that Monica uses any excuse to throw Brawl into our discussions. <laughs> I, I did watch it last night because Monica wanted me to 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 be aware of the Gossip Girl. Now, I, I'd never actually watched a full episode of Gossip Girl before, so this was my first one. And I think I followed it along relatively well. I don't know. Like I, it, it didn't really inspire me in and of itself to watch the show. I have been curious about the show before because I think Blake Lively is a phenomenal actress. So I liked seeing her. I enjoyed the episode, I guess. I, it took a while for me to get into it. I'm curious why Monica thought it was a good Thanksgiving episode because we, you know, this is our Thanksgiving episode. What makes it very Thanksgiving-y other than the fact that Thanksgiving happens to be occurring during the episode? You know what I mean? It was kind of, it, it, I mean, it seemed more like it was like it was more about the drama of the characters and the, and the you know, who's having an affair with who and, you know. Congratulations, I mean, you gossip understand girl. Gossip Girl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, that, that is, is that not what Thanksgiving is about? Is about collecting the family gossip? Yes. And that's exactly that. So okay. Gossip Girl is one of the few shows that has an annual Thanksgiving episode. They don't do annual Christmas episodes. Like this is their version of holiday special. And which in itself is different, right? Most shows choose to air on the side of we're only going to travel for one holiday and we're only going to spend their budget on one holiday. We're going to give it to Christmas. But Gossip Girl gives it to Thanksgiving and it, the trope is that, yes, they all sit down at an extended family Thanksgiving dinner in which a bunch of it gets spilled and no one has a good time at Thanksgiving. That's what happens every single year. And it usually is sort of somewhere around episode 11 of a season so it is built in as the for then the show to go on it's like holiday break and so everything that had building for the first half of the season explodes in the thanksgiving episode in part why does gossip girl have a thanksgiving episode because it fits the structure of the shooting at that time why are we watching them are they good you know <laughs> general questions did you get a very good sense for gossip girl in which you were like I think I did. everyone yeah. is sleeping with everyone and you're like yeah it's that for another six seasons so i think that the idea of a bunch of ungodly wealthy rich people like loving the colonialism of thanksgiving is like actually incredibly brilliant satire i also wonder if it's like a new yorky <laughs> thing because like the other shows i can think of like like i i did tune in for all the annual gossip girl thanksgiving episodes even when i was skipping that season because some seasons are worse than others sorry monica but i also like the big thanksgiving like show i can think of is friends which i mean is a millionaire's old at this point but like one thanksgiving we stayed home and my in, sister and i just York. watched yeah yeah my sister and i just watched like all the friends episodes and like a lot of them like at least the beginning like reference things like the macy's thanksgiving day parade and like oh look there's snoopy and like brooklyn nine has like thanksgiving episodes i mean their big like holiday thing is like halloween because of the heist stuff that they do but like that's also a new york show but yeah i mean Emily, gossip girl has a like wealth and like extravagance that no other show i can think of has that perfectly like fits the unpleasantness of thanksgiving i mean and that's kind of nice right is to realize even the richest people in the entire world also hate thanksgiving like, and also hate their family i don't hate <laughs> oh, okay that's nice but like i don't i've never felt the i hate thanksgiving thing like i've that is a thing that i know people say because like you're you're dealing with like family politics and everything but i've never really had that problem i enjoy the holiday i enjoy the food and then you know for the people who are assholes, they just are that way any given time. And it doesn't, I never felt like they were especially assholey around Thanksgiving. I just felt like, oh, okay, we're, we've got to deal with them the same way we always deal with them. But you enjoy the food. 
I do enjoy the food, cranberries, and I enjoy very much Americanized. I mean, Thanksgiving is an American holiday, but I mean the almost commercialized version of Thanksgiving. Like I, I enjoy turkey. I don't want real cranberry sauce. I want cranberry sauce from a can that goes glump when you drop it out of the can. Okay, that's, we got to do the we got to do the cran- cranberry sauce whip round. Who is also in can- who who other than Mav is in canned cranberry team camp? Can. I love the gelatinous that still has the can yes, ridges exactly on it. Like that is cranberry Wait, sauce. We have two team can. I'm team can. Team can. I would have eat. I ate it as a kid because it was one of the few things I could stomach. But like you can't beat like homemade cranberry sauce. Like I'm glad you, that we are in a house divided on this. I am <laughs> oh. anti canned cranberry. It's weird. It is. It is jello. It is canned yes, jello. I, and I, that's, that's why I, I like I it. Do, no, yes. I, under, I can sort of if I squint at it real hard, I can sort of understand. But I hate it. And I love cranberry sauce. I will get like the big bag of like cranberries around this time and make like a giant ass batch and eat it on yogurt for like the remainder of the holidays. Oh, speaking of cranberries, have you, you know, they're good for you or whatever. I Have you had a cranberry gin fizz by chance? Yeah. Oh, okay. So one of my favorite things about Oregon, which I realize is not legal in every state, and this is relevant, is you can buy booze at farmer's markets here, like liquor. Like uh, moonshine? And... <laughs> No, it's like, well, I mean, maybe, I don't know. But like, like bath the one I go gin. to, which is one of the few farmer's markets. I'm trying to imagine Oregon moonshine. We have a lot of distilleries in the Portland metro area. Okay. So this uh, is not my like particular farmer's market. There's with banana bread, right? Like you can tin, no. make it in your own oven and no. farmers regulate like it. Actual, you have, yeah, you have to have right, a liquor right. license. But the main thing is that like you, you can actually buy, like you can get tipsy at the very least off of samples at the farmer's market, which I think is a lovely thing to do on a Saturday morning, to be perfectly honest. Like, eat your vegetables and have a couple shots. Great. But Wild Roots Vodka has a cranberry, like Oregon cranberry, this fun fact. Oregon is one of the world's leading exporters of cranberries. We have a lot. There are cranberry bogs near my parents' house. It's the whole aspect. Like, us in New England. But yeah, Wild Roots Vodka. Get it. It's delicious. I've had, I need to, like, figure out more cranberry-based cocktails. Also, this year I bought cherry, which is delightful. So if you have thoughts about how to make cherry stuff. And it's not, like, artificial-flavored, like, garbage that you often get. It is actual like Oregon berry things and so get well, you some. For the listeners <laughs> if you have a big bag of cranberries but you are like what am I going to do with some of the extra cranberries what you can do is take a cup of cranberries, a cup of water, a cup of sugar and create cranberry simple syrup and you can like winterize your cocktails including gin fizzes. Not that I know by doing that last night or anything. <laughs> no. I'm also a big fan of this is completely unrelated to Thanksgiving whatsoever or maybe I don't know we can maybe find a way to tie it in. I have recently, there's a couple distillers near my house that do canned cocktails. I think this is a like COVID era thing, but you can get in, one of them has a nitro gin fizz, which is the fizziest gin fizz I've ever experienced in my Ooh. life. And it's great. Well, Durham Distillery, which is a 15 minute walk from my house, which is very good if you can get their gin. It's like the best gin I've ever had. They're start, they started doing co- canned cocktails too. And they have a very nice like rosé spritz with like gin and like, a little bit it's very good they also have a cucumber vodka that they like put into like a you know like a vodka soda cocktail very good like did not know that our lives would be like enhanced by like cucumber vodka of all things here we are Amen. yeah we probably shouldn't get too deep into the liquor problems because then i'll start like complaining about how one of my favorite liquors i can't get because it's in north I'm carolina sorry. i live outside the country and well i thought they don't have it's kind of their fault because they no longer apparently have a national distributor because they can't keep up with the demand oh wow Wow. And it is vaguely related to being my Polish heritage. So I can't get Polish booze. Well, <laughs> if you know, come to Durham to visit, we can get, we can I, give you. All. I was literally talking about this yesterday of like, I think I'm going to have to come visit North Carolina and have a booze suitcase. <laughs> well, we always said that when John Company, that game about the East India Company came in, we'd all play it together. And somehow um, it feels particularly appropriate to come hang out, play a game about the East India Company, and then leave with what is effectively spiced honey liquor. I, I think you're getting very dangerously close to, you know, admitting that you're planning trafficking yes. of like. Uh, so. No, it's not trafficking if you transport it yourself. You just okay. can't mail it. But this you can't, you, like you can't, yeah, you can't yeah. mail. I researched this because there are like niche liquors in different parts of the United States that I like want for my bar, but like you can't get them. So like if you buy it there and you basically like you carry it in a safe manner, you can take mm. it on a plane. 
I see. You just can't check it because it's glass and liquid. So you're going to, so you're going to check. So you're going to get a suitcase. No, sorry, reverse it. You can't put it in your carry on because liquid. Right. You have to pack it very well. I think you have to declare what it is. And there's some uh, limits, or at least for international travel, because we've had, yeah. like, we, we brought back yeah. stuff yeah. for like, yeah, yeah, I, I brought Scott you, from Scotland for, from. And there's a limit on how many bottles you can have because basically, mm-hmm. if you have, uh, this is probably very boring, but if you have so much that basically, like, that is not for an individual yes. to consume. Like, I couldn't, I could not. I mean, when I say, like, I'd probably be buying, like, maybe two or three bottles because it takes me, like, in the last bottle of, like, it's grouped across from the Brothers Regalies. I highly recommend if you're in the North Carolina area. Oh, yeah. You can get it at the ABC store. It's delicious. It's very good. It with one part that, one part whiskey, and one part le- le- uh, lemon juice. But even with just ginger ale, it's so good. It's delicious. And yep. the cocktail, I have found some, nothing that scratches that entire itch and I want it. Anyway, it also makes really great biscotti. I entirely made for the time I was in North Carolina because you put like a shot. Uh, I think it's traditionally. Oh, what is it? It's something anise flavored. It's Italian. And I'm forgetting what it is in my head. But you traditionally put like a shot of, of booze and biscotti. And yes, I realize I'm pronouncing it like a heathen. But I do because Italian and also Polish. I put a kryptonite in there and it's fun and delicious. And I just want to make my baked goods. It's the only baked goods I do. And now I can't have it. Sorry. Oh, it's not I'll your help. fault. I'll help if I can. And then just get my bottles and then hug them. I'll try and I'll try and come up with a reason for all of us to gather. We should probably cut. This is probably all very boring for anyone that doesn't know us. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners would want to know um, about how to almost traffic booze. Yeah. Also, very state. Very state. Is, I was actually researching this check last your night. Local, because, yeah, check your local laws. Do not. We, we are not legal advice. <laughs> no, like I was actually researching like North Carolina because also liquor laws. Actually, interestingly, because of the pandemic, liquor laws have changed quite a bit to like hmm. help distillers survive. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I'd heard that. And yeah. so, actually, interstate sales of liquor, not like entirely, but like have loosened somewhat in the last hmm. two like two years or so, which is really interesting because hmm. there was a law passed in North Carolina that allows for interstate if you buy direct from the distiller and they ship it to you you can buy from them because you they need, just have to have a liquor them. license in the state that you live because hmm. there were no bars for them to ship to for a while yeah I mean there were a lot of to-go cocktails available mm-hmm. in my area and that was like and I was like what is this New Orleans what is happening also <laughs> actually interestingly I don't know if this is happening in anyone else's area or if like this has already already been a thing but like in North Carolina at least a lot more like cities are creating social districts where you can buy something and like take it and like walk around and like shop or like hang out and I was like oh well this reminds me more of like what I was used to growing up and by growing up I mean visiting New Orleans not Ocean sure. Springs anyway but, yeah so this detour into interstate liquor law good luck good luck Mav deciding what to keep and what to cut yeah, this is going to be a very lazy editing day. So, well, so I did want to ask, you know, for other Thanksgiving, we talked about Gossip Girl and I mentioned briefly WKRP, which again, the perfect WKRP in Cincinnati, Turkeys Away is the perfect Thanksgiving episode of a show. It is the one show where I think even more so than Gossip Girl, you need to know nothing about any of these eight people who are the primary cast of WKRP. You'll watch it. You'll go like, okay, got it. She's the pretty girl. Yep. Smart girl. Uh-huh. The black dude yeah, like you like like their their personalities are are very much set in stone and very much a you are the stereotype that you look like oh that guy's in a suit he's stiff that guy's in a jean jacket he's you know he's cool that's how that's what you need to be able to figure out from the show and then this is a this one one episode is just a it is a 20 minute deep dive into the commercialization of american holidays <laughs> and it is brilliant and that's why i wanted to talk about it and then nobody watched it and i'm very <laughs> Speaking of commercialization of American holidays, I didn't closely watch the Thanksgiving parade from you know, Macy's whenever I was like a kid. Mm-hmm. But I'd always like do my best to catch Santa and like, you know, a couple of the floats that I was excited about. But this year, like Josh and I pretty much sat and watched the whole thing, which is very mm-hmm. long, by the way. And it's we were like, and we were like, wow, this is really like just a giant commercial, isn't it? Like, yes. like, like then that's so. always it's always been that way, right? Like that's yes. we're we're just picking up on because we're actually close watching. Because it was like suddenly like there 
there was this float for the green giant and then this float mm-hmm. for wonder bread and just like the way that the announcers on nbc they tell like, you the de- the nutritional details and they and why you should buy this and how it's part of a balanced breakfast it's like or whatever. a nascar yes. that is, that is the- in, uh advertisement stickers Oh, so much more so. It is literally, I mean, it is literally product placement after product placement. So it's either, hey, here are the stars for the upcoming hit show, blah, 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 you know, and like, and it will literally be, then it will, and then the next, the very next bit will be like sponsored by Jolly Green Giant. Here's the green bean float. That is what the Macy's Parade is. It is, now think about it. Macy's is a department store, right? Like, so this is, it is, the Macy's Parade is absolutely a celebration of capitalism, of late stage capitalism. Totally. That, That is what it is and unapologetically and it's great because like the like there's even more so like just watching it this year it was just like watching watching Hoda Kotb and the Today Show hosts go okay so now we have to talk about the virtual NFT parade where they had an in where they had in oh yes that oh god and it was just like and I was like oh my god are sorry, you serious what oh so they had a you know while the parade was going on they had a virtual parade as well with NF with NFTs you know because it's 2022 and this is going to happen and then listening to Hoda Kotb read the cue cards that she clearly has no idea what the fuck she's saying nor does she care because the entire purpose was just to sell NFTs in that part because that's what the Macy's parade is it is just because that's what the Macy's parade is Macy's parade is a commercial it's a three hour commercial with commercials in between NFTs in my I don't know I think we're done with NFTs to be honest we are that's the thing and and it's uh, like i mean well oh god I, we never did an nft show and i know there, there are people who i know who are into it and they're but like the thing is i it's, it's nfts and crypto like i understand why people care but also i understand the technology behind it because like i literally understand the technology behind it and it's gross <laughs> and i don't want to i'm sorry i just like yeah again i have friends who are into these things and you know and some who have made lots of money with it and i i get it but also so gross and i have i want no part of it so yeah it's just kind of it's kind of dumb but yeah like i don't know i just i enjoy watching it because i don't know i've never not been aware that it was a like as a little kid i was just like oh wow they're really trying to sell stuff i mean it ends with santa because santa in his modern incarnation is about you know consumption you ask santa for things right they, well, and that's very much the Macy's thing, right? Like, um, you know, it, the, the point at Macy's, but like, yeah, but like, yeah, you Santa, the reason malls, that mall Santas exist is you go there so that your parents can listen to you tell Santa what you want so that they can buy more toys. It is Santa is a celebration of capitalism. And that's what this parade is. And love it. I don't know. I'm a student of culture. <laughs> I still adore it. Hannah, why do you watch it? Were you, was it just for the magic with the magic um, of Thanksgiving, a holiday? that you hate <laughs> oh no 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 so like so i like it was always on the tv when i was a kid but like we were all running around doing stuff so i never really paid that much attention except again when Santa came on or like snoopy or something but like today josh and i were just sitting around waking up because you know we're tired um that's the other thing about thanksgiving travel i'm like how does anyone have the energy to go anywhere because working a nine to five to quote dolly parton what a way to make a living anyway (laughs) i which by the way that's a great movie still relevant love it so much we should talk about labor movies and like tv shows one day actually superstore did like a really great episode on like black friday superstore of course is told from like you know workers of like what a Walmart or a Target would be. Anyway, we were just like, let's watch some TV. And we were like, we can either watch the World Cup in Spanish because we have Peacock or we can watch the parade and also to just chime in with some like little gloom. Just FIFA, you gross, horrible. Not No, they're gross. Organism. No gloom. Yeah, We don't need to go down the FIFA rabbit hole. They're horrible people. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Watch, encourage our viewers in a non, and if they're, when they're feeling less, slightly less cheery to watch the John Oliver finale which breaks down the World Cup in a really good way and also makes fun of Elon Musk and I very much enjoyed that. But yeah, so we watched the parade because we had nothing better to do but didn't like want something to like really get into like nope because like we had to bake soon. So so parade it was and this is the first time I think I've ever like really watched closely and I was like oh yeah. 
I mean, it makes sense for it to be a giant commercial. I wasn't like shocked or anything. I was just like, oh, I has it always been this way? I'm sure it's always been this way. I'll yes. ask on the episode. Yes, that's this is what I it know is, that and, Mav will know. Yes, <laughs> and I don't. I, and I'm. I guess. I guess it's one of those things where, like, as you get older and the magic of childhood, you know, dies within you, you start noticing, Speaking and you go, yourself, not us, but I mean, like, I'm. I mean, the general you, right? Like, people start. It's one of those things where people go, oh, it wasn't like that when I was a kid. Yeah, it was. It's been like that for 80 years. This is what the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is. It is just a commercial. And I I don't know. I don't know why people like sort of turn on it, because I guess I guess as you get older and you have kids, none of which us, you know, none of us do. But like it becomes more about you consuming for somebody else. And like maybe that's why it loses magic. But I love it, you know, and I, I obviously have no problem with critiquing capitalism, but I, you know, I do enjoy seeing a diary of a wimpy kid float, you know, or, a, you know, a Snoopy float or a Marvel float. And like the fun thing about the Macy's parade is, you know, you spend the entire time just waiting for a balloon to die. Like those are those are the most exciting years is when there's a mishap. And, you know, Snoopy's it, on fire. It kind of sucks when somebody gets hurt. Yeah. It, like you don't want anybody to get hurt. And sometimes they, people do. But when a balloon gets when a balloon goes down, it's amazing. If you ever I want mean, some fun, catch some of them on YouTube. I mean, honestly, that's it seems like pretty terrifying because they were like describing the like height of the Grogu, very mm-hmm. cute, by the way, like balloon. And I was like, I could die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. People have been seriously injured. Me out. Yeah. People um, have been seriously injured in, in AC's balloon. I know the promise that I wouldn't just make everything awful for this episode, but do we know what the worst <laughs> balloon accent in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was? I don't know how you qualify worse. As far as I know, no one's actually died. According to CNN, what they call the worst one, and I remember when this happened, the, they say the worst one was 1997, and that was the day Barney died. The dinosaur <laughs> went down, and I've seen the Barney the dinosaur footage. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna toss this one in in the chat, so you know, I, I'll edit it out. So, but I'm gonna allow everybody to watch the you know the four minute clip of what went down with Barney. And we can edit if you guys want to watch that real quick. You'll see. Yeah, you guys got it? Watching. Oh, we're watching it now? Yeah, just watch it so you guys could talk about it. Okay, wait a second. It looks like he's going to eat the people. How many were injured? I don't necessarily injured. I'm just thinking about the trauma. This is really the height of like mania. If we're talking late 90s, right? To watch everyone's most beloved child figure torn apart so dramatically on live television. I could see that being the most devastating. As an adult who was never allowed to watch Barney by their parents, this is pure comedy. This is the brand of chaos that I would really hope for. God, like the, the people, like we've got like two or three people like holding onto one rope. Oh, I get it. I guess it's because of the wind or something. I mean, so like I didn't like Barney as a kid. So actually, I think I would have been greatly entertained if I had tuned in for this parade. These poor people trying to hold this rope. Like I also can't entirely tell if. If the audience is like screaming or cheering. Oh man. Or I skipped and, right to the carnage. Yeah. Um, I was so, watching. I mean, the entire thing, the death of Barney, it's like a four minute clip, and I will link it in the show notes. But for the listeners who are just listening, basically, the, it was 1997, and there were lots of winds, really heavy winds, and a couple of balloons almost got away from people. I know at one point, the Cadnab Hat balloon, balloon hits a lamppost and knocks it down, and it falls on a woman in the crowd and puts oh, her in a coma for a month. Oh yeah, my it's, God. Yeah, it's bad. So like, so at this point, after that happens, everybody's like nervous, right? Because this woman was hospitalized. We can't let anything else go yeah. down. And so, but they kept the parade going and then the winds picked up uh, more and they started dragging, uh, like as you see, the Barney balloon starts dragging its handlers around and then they are, they can't figure out what to do and they're, and people are being swung into the crowds and they're just, and everybody's trying to take control. Oh yeah, of the, like I was watching yeah. a clip and there's like three people using their entire body weight yeah. to hold like one rope. Like this yeah. honestly is <laughs> right and then, and then like the police have the police decide no this is too much so the police jumped into and they took control and the police stabbed barney the dinosaur and killed him on live television <laughs> they cut it open and then on live tv during the macy's parade children all across america had to watch barney the dinosaur i do really appreciate <laughs> whoever's running the camera on this particular video like zooms in on like the wound in barney's side as yes. 
it like as it rips open, I feel like whoever was running camera that day did not feel fondly about Barney. Nobody did. I mean, I don't know. Ninety seven. Barney was not. Oh, God, Barney. If you were over the age of like 10, Barney sucked. <laughs> Barney was my, so obnoxious. I don't know when the last time you revisited Barney was, but like my like, very one of my very first memories was and I think we have talked about this before on the show, actually, is my dad bringing home a video game that I think one of his buddies has made it work. It was called Let's Kill Barney, <laughs> where you play as Barney's like, what is it? Little sister? I forget her name. I don't remember. <laughs> with an Uzi killing Barney's like Mario side scroller style. So needless to say, I was like trained to not feel fondly towards Barney. I think because uh. my dad was like, we're not watching that. We will watch literally any other cartoon but that. That was my yeah. dad's oh, opinion God. too, was... except then a bunch of people at his office found out that he despised Barney and it became like a running gag to mm. hide Barney things in his office, get him a Barney cake for his birthday. Like that man was tormented <laughs> by Barney through most of my childhood, which was why he was like, if I have to see it every day at work, it's not coming home. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. That's a very weird office fixation. Mm. Anna, did you watch Barney? My, we had one Barney like VHS tape. And all I can hear in my head now, since we're talking about this, is clean up everybody everywhere, clean up nope. something. And I just hated it so much. Like, I can't, Sesame Street in that, like, I can't remember a time where I genuinely enjoyed the whole of Sesame Street or You Bernie didn't like, or, like Sesame Street? What's wrong like, with you? Kermit. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I liked Kermit. I just, I... I don't know. It just. Wow. I, I think I just like things with like narrative and always I have. I also, you might just see that I was always a little bit of a like grumpy cynic because I feel <laughs> like, you know, the, the, despite us talking about cheery things, I feel like half of the cheery things have been like, well, I hated this. So I decided to do my <laughs> own thing. I, I, who hates Sesame Street? I understand hating Barney, but. Well, I don't I hate Sesame hate Street as a concept. I understand it was like very meaningful to a lot of people and teach people a lot. And so I like Sesame Street as an idea. I just didn't like watching it except for Kermit. Mm. What can I say? Wow. Bad person. What can I say? Sesame Street teaches important lessons about accepting gay people or puppets because that's a Bernie and Ernie are. Yeah, and the puppet based shows I enjoy. I don't know what to tell you. I liked the Muppets, like, yeah. like the Muppet show. Um, you. I did. I do prefer the Muppet over Sesame Street, but I still also enjoy that. Like, what's not to like about it was the Muppets, but, you know, with learning. <laughs> I, but I already knew a lot of the stuff. Yeah, me too. Being, I, I felt mean, like I was being talked down to. Uh, I don't know. I like Sesame Street as an idea, just not apparently not in practice as like a you know a young kid. Also, I didn't. I think I just like didn't like TV very much for a long time because like my parents had like very limited TV time. I was like, okay, like what is this? Can I go back to like reading and playing with my stuff? <laughs> animals now i don't know interesting i was a weird kid a weird kid i'm sure all of you are shocked by this given the whole inventing a holiday centered around charles dickens feeling christmas but i was a weird kid i just wonder if like any of our listeners and i guess that includes monica since she didn't know about dickens giving before today do, does it sound obscene because of the name or is it <laughs> or is the assumption <laughs> that it's going to be about charles dickens? i assume that it's going to be about charles dickens knowing hannah yeah but you know hannah <laughs> if someone were to say dickens giving is there spotted dick on the menu i don't know uh -huh. There, there has never been and there honestly never will be what can i say i've i i have always just really enjoyed charles dickens but not in a weird way just, uh -huh. i mean and just you know a normal amount for you know creating a holiday around to being able to eat goose i'm still i'm not fundamentally convinced that it's actually different than anybody else's thanksgiving other than the fact that you know you've banished one bird for another bird but you know but i appreciate your commitment to detail <laughs> i mean we talk about dickens yeah at least a little yeah. bit one year we talk 
talked about our favorite Dickens novels. Some people didn't have them, which was fine. I've read like I've read like three or four of them, I think. And the only one I ever remember is Great Expectations. So I guess that's my favorite. Because like I, like, I know I've read one. other ones. Yeah, but I know I've read like I'm fairly certain I've read David Copperfield. I, and I'm almost positive I've read Oliver Twist. I have no recollection of actually doing that. I just feel like I have. But like I've read Great Expectations a few times and I enjoy it. So so I guess it's so, so I guess it's speaking of, I mean, since I've convinced you all to go down the Dickens road with me, kind of this past week, I had flashbacks to an early like elementary childhood memory of being handed an illustrated children's book called David Copperfield. But it wasn't like Dickens, David Copperfield. Exactly. It was like an adaptation with cats and something called, I think, the Moldies. And I realized like, hey, this was probably based on an animated movie based on David Copperfield this week. And I have discovered that there is indeed an animated film that book was based on that features like David Copperfield, but like as a cat. And I don't know if I want to watch it out of morbid curiosity or not. But, you know, there it is. Very strange Dickens thing of the day. Also, surely you've maybe read A Christmas Carol. I guess it's like more of a novella. Yeah, I have. I've read it a few. I've read it. Well, we read it. We did a whole episode where we all read it just for the episode. But I'd read it. I'd read it previous to that, too. So. So I wasn't uh, thinking of that as a novel. I was thinking of that as a, I mean, yeah, I guess it's too long to be a short story. So novella. Yeah. Okay. I, oh, sorry. Excuse me. David Copperfield is a 1993 animated movie, not a 1994. But <laughs> How dare you? I got it wrong. <laughs> the difference between a novel and novella anyway. Like, I mean, the there isn't tell. one. No, it's, I mean, no, not, it's literally, it's so, oh God, I, oh Katya, did you take history of the novel with me? Or I don't think I was. Okay, yeah, that was that was a Jeff Williams class, and this was a topic. There is no definition of novel. It the length thing is like there. Oh God, like it. It just means novella. Just means short novel, but like it's not or little novel. But it's not like there's there was never a specific amount of pages or anything that like constituted what made it a novel or what made it little. So like you have this point in in history where like all the pulps are saying, and this issue has. A full novel in it, and it will be, you know, just like some random pulp story. It's like 50 pages, and they're like, ah, it's a full novel. Sure. <laughs> like, there's no. <laughs> and then, whereas other novels had, you know, 300 pages or a thousand, and then some are like, you know, this is a novella because it's 50 pages, or this is a novella because it's 120 pages, but this novel here only is 100 pages. It, there's no rhyme or reason to it whatsoever. It's whatever the person who wrote it felt like putting on the first page. <laughs> So, so I guess I don't know. I don't remember. I guess you could call Christmas Carol a novel. Got chapters. That's something, right? It has five staves. <laughs> oh, is that what they're called? I don't remember. I just remember there were sections. Yeah. Yeah, so. Anyway, I guess so. We've resolved nothing. Not even what a novel is. <laughs> we've resolved yeah. that it's Thanksgiving. Do we? Are we not going to go around? Tell everyone, what we're thankful. Uh, for? I was going to say, are we not going to go around and talk about what we're grateful for? And is that a thing that people actually did? growing up like I thought that was just a tradition people did on television but maybe it's a white people thing do people yeah, actually do that did like a case not really we didn't do it growing up we did it last time at Dickens Giving because one of our friends I think got overly emotional yeah well we yeah definitely more drinking at Dickens Giving than I did as a child so <laughs> I mean that that's just the 19th century really hey <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm thankful for you guys. I say that every year. But we Aww. usually we do this more at our end of the year show where we talk about, you know, the what the things you missed, Joe. We have kind of a, you know, our retrospective where we, you know, thank each other and stuff. But I don't know. I guess I graduated this year. I suppose I should be thankful for that. But like much like when you know, a couple of years ago when you guys graduated, it's like, oh yeah. I, I it's guess kind of anticlimactic. It's, it's weird because this is coming. Well, no, it's not it's done. Bad. Like you're happy you're done. It's just yeah. like it's such a huge milestone oh. and I don't think there's any celebration that like well, I mean also Hannah and I graduated during COVID so like yeah, yeah like literally the beginning of COVID right and like I've got people like oh are you going to do the ceremony and I'm like I don't want to buy the robes so I don't know that's what I'm thankful for job degree friends and family I suppose <laughs> who's next oh we're actually going around I wasn't going to Hannah said we had to <laughs> I did not say that I asked if we were not or were we not but oh. Okay. Yes, we can. We've already started. <laughs> I, this weirdly, 
grateful for being on sync because it has built a great sense of community within myself and all of the other grad students because we never get to talk to each other outside of that, right? We sit in our little stressed out bubbles and there is no interdepartmental relation building. And we haven't mentioned yeah. it on the show yet. So you should tell people yeah. what you've been doing. Because I, I can't stop going to the dark place, the bad place <laughs> um, in which I bring up bad news. On the show. I would argue that this is a mixed bag. I, I don't think this is bad in the same way. This is yeah, a cranberry sauce in a can type of scenario where like some of us like it, some of us don't. No, no, I think we're all going to be in favor of something. I think this is hard more so than bad. Is that fair? I think I'm, I'm grateful for unions. I believe yes. that we should talk about this. I, I want to talk about it this episode in particular, rather than adding it on to another show, just because it is the thing that I'm going through right now. But I, as a teaching assistant in the UC system, part of what is the largest academic worker strike in U.S. history, which we are fighting for mm -hmm. primarily raises that actually match the cost of living in California, because California is a very expensive state to live in. Mm -hmm. And especially as someone who is getting a doctoral degree in the humanities, which are not as well funded as some other departments with a little bit more research mm -hmm. monies. So it has been really great to see the amount of turnout in terms of people at our campus and at all other UC campuses that are all on strike. 48,000 workers that includes teaching assistants, postdocs, and grad researchers who are all unionized. And I'm very thankful that we are doing this because hopefully we'll set a precedent for other grad students to be paid the amount that they are worth and an actual cost of living age in their universities as well and frankly also adjuncts which i'm no longer but also you know faculty and to varying degrees so if someone listening wants to support the union monica yeah. how can in yes. our show notes i will attach a bio to our fund which is for those workers who we do get paid strike pay when you pick it but for those workers where strike pay just isn't quite enough we have an emergency fund and a hardship fund for those people who are on strike because they understand the mm -hmm. larger picture of what we're fighting for but are still financially strained by choosing to go on strike or Monica can also uh, drop her Venmo in our show notes and you can Venmo me directly mm -hmm. and that money will go directly towards waters snacks food that helps keep us supplied on the picket line sunscreen you know you you can in in fact even tell me the specific item you would like me to purchase i will make sure that you know if you're super pro what, what specific special brand sunscreen it's california a... it's not cold it's sunny i know you i know I, 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 if, or if you would like to donate your favorite brand of chex mix if you would like to donate a bunch of and cranberry sauce you know i'm really open to suggestions as to how that money could be best spent. I'd never considered sunscreen. It's clearly, a, obviously, yes, it is a thing that you're going to need. And it just hadn't occurred to me. That's a danger that one might need I am when striking a very in California. Hasty person. So <laughs> it is a thing that I think about at all times. It makes sense. I guess Hannah and Katya can be thankful for. Like everyone, I'm thankful for friends and family, especially I think this year has been really hard for a lot of reasons for a lot of people. And I've been really thankful to get support and see others being supported. I'm also thankful for abortion funds because they're very important. And you can, in the show notes, go to abortionfunds.org slash funds to find your local abortion fund. And if you are looking to give back to Indigenous people on Thanksgiving, around Thanksgiving time, I might point you to Indigenous Women Rising, which is an abortion fund that's focused on helping Indigenous women get reproductive health care. Cool. And Katya? And I'm thankful for accessible medical care. And we'll just double down on the funds that, that Hannah and Monica mentioned. Very cool. 
Right. And pay people. And if you're in a position to pay people more, pay people, goddammit. And if you don't do that, I'm mad at you. So I guess I would go around and ask people to plug things, but like, I know none of you are going to. Um, no, nope. I, mean, I am not thankful for the internet. Right. So thanks to essentially people's plugs I mean, for the I've kind for of the decided day. that I'm just going to sure. plug my Venmo yes. on our show <laughs> moving forward. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> hey, yeah, guys. I mean, maybe I should do the same, but anyway, I don't even know if I have a Venmo. I think I do. We can I use I it in a fun out, way of like, you know, where I'm, vote for your favorite host. Give oh your God. team regular cranberry <laughs> sauce versus yeah. can. Brought this up so many times because it's really important to me. Still, cranberry I sauce is regular people cranberry sauce. Who do the canned cranberry sauce, but I don't understand you. That's how it's supposed to taste. It's sort of like the, it's it, what it is. I don't want what you call cranberry sauce. Like, it was like, oh, it's natural. I'm not interested in that. And where I realized this it's not- is, um, being natural it, it's about it not being canned jello well he, but see i like that that's what i like about cranberry sauce Again, and, I, I understand i empathize i just a, don't want it a friend of mine once came uh, over my I, house oh. saw that i had like i had jeff peanut butter and then she was like oh well you should get this organic peanut butter it's better in oh, every way no. and i'm like no it's not and she's like but this is natural and it doesn't taste all sugary and sweet and cream and processed and i'm like you're naming everything that i like about peanut butter like that's what i want i don't yeah. want natural and, that's, and the same thing with cranberry sauce. I'm not looking for chunky textured cranberry. I'm looking for the jello. That's it, it is the tasty jello that I love. So. Oh, it's so weird. But anyway, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or <laughs> all the places always at Chris Maverick. I should get, I wonder if I can get, I don't know how Venmo works. Maybe I should get a Venmo. You have cash out. <laughs> I'm Chris Maverick. If Twitter still exists, I'm there. I'm probably on a couple of Mastodons. I don't know. We're, I'm trying out social medias right now, but you can follow the show on existent social media accounts at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where you you can find out what we're talking about next week, which I think is quiet quitting. I'm not sure. Maybe something Most else. likely, probably. I'm trying to we'll get see. guest stuff in order. Yeah, we'll see. And we, But we've got some other things coming up. We've got our Christmas shows coming up. We've got, you know, people should start watching their Christmas. Sh- I have started watching Christmas movies and we've got we've got that coming up. We've got lots of stuff coming up. We so. got Lindsay Lohan. We got Free Prince Jr. We got a Christmas story Christmas this year. I mean, we got a Christmas there's no Vanessa Hudgens, but still. There's a, there's a Marvel. I know that's sad, but there is a Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas. There's a whole bunch of stuff. So, But anyway, so we got that coming up. If you enjoyed the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor, leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review, especially on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, that gooses the algorithm, makes us more popular, and really helps us out. And Thanksgiving, we'd be very thankful if you do that for us. I would like to thank all of my co-hosts for joining me today. I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd like to thank everyone who enjoys canned cranberry sauce the correct way. I'd like to thank <laughs> we'll, everyone. Oh, I guess. Especially if you eat the right kind of cranberry sauce. And we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. See? And cranberry dressing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only vaguely understand what's happening right now.